Well, you've put a toe through your sneakers and it's raining, but you're not paid until next week. No worries. Buy now, pay later. For people with low or unstable incomes, delayed payment options such as lay-by or afterpay are popular, with the method expected to make up over $1 billion of retail purchases this year. But according to researchers, it's putting young people into debt and it's time to impose tougher regulations on the practice. Aisha Scott, a senior lecturer in finance at Auckland University of Technology. Aisha, kia ora. Kia ora. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. First of all, how does this scheme work? Yeah, so basically uh, it's what it says on the tin. So buy now, uh, pay later. So most of the schemes you pay an initial uh, instalment at point of purchase. So I walk into the retailer, um, I buy whatever item it is, I pay 20, 25% upfront and then I make instalments um, of the rest over the next six to eight weeks. If I make my repayments on time, it's sweet. For a consumer, uh, there's no cost to me. Um, the, you know, the retailer is paying buy now, pay later um, directly to offer uh, the payment option. But if I don't make those repayments on time, I'm going to pay a late fee. And that is um, part of what we're talking about when we're getting into trouble with buy now, pay later. Well, so the message then is, Simply pay your bill on time and it's a sweet deal. Exactly. So we can think of buy now, pay later in the same way that we maybe think of a credit card. So if we pay our balance off in full every month on a credit card, this is a low cost form of credit. The issue, of course, is if we are, for whatever reason, um, some of those reasons we can control, others are we can't control, uh, for whatever reason, we don't make that repayment, we miss it, um, and that's when we start getting into trouble. Right. Connor, what's your thoughts on this? Do you use Buy Now, Pay Later or the old CC? Uh, uh, no, I, I, I um, do use a credit card because you sort of need something like that to buy your tickets and all that sort of stuff uh, online these days. Mm. Um but yeah, is it a financial literacy thing so that people actually understand the implications of what they're doing, you know, that it does cost them extra if they're late? Uh, I can see how that could very easily happen, you know, and people could get into trouble. Yeah, so what we um, found is financial education isn't working um, as well as we would like when it comes to um, debt behaviours in general. And this isn't something that's restricted to New Zealand. This is um, what researchers have been saying for a little while, is that financial literacy, financial education um, works really well for some behaviours, but it's really difficult to move debt behaviours. And of course, going into debt, whether it's buy now, pay later, or a credit card, or a mortgage even, um, you know, if that becomes unmanageable, that is a huge risk for someone's financial well-being. What we did find is um, that one in five um, of the young adults aged 18 to 34 that we talked to um, one in five disagreed that buy now, pay later was debt in the first place. 
Now, it's really tricky um, to even use any debt strategies that you may have been taught or um, developed over time if you don't know that the product that you're using is debt in the first place. And because of a loophole in our regulation um, thus far, these providers have been able to describe themselves um, as not debt or different to debt. Um, but yeah, I can I can sit here with confidence and say that you know this is leading to problems. But um, it, buy it, now, it, pay it later. Is, it is yeah. debt. If you if you if you're in arrears and you buy now, it is debt. It is classed as debt. Well, it will be shortly. I think um, huh. there is bipartisan support for the fact that buy now, pay later is debt. Um, it will come in to the triple CFA. Oh. Um, however. Uh, it won't be treated in the same way that other debts that it's most like. So your credit cards, your higher purchases, um, you know, it's it's not going to be treated the same. There's no affordability checks. There's no suitability checks. There'll be more comprehensive credit reporting, which is great. But we're really reluctant to kind of, you know, say that that's going to go far enough okay. because we Hello. don't think it will. First, kia ora, Aisha. It's Ella here. How are you? We're colleagues from AUD yes, Business School. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, I, I, I'm from a generation where if we couldn't afford something, we'd put it on lay-by. Or we used to yeah. say, putting it on tick. And yeah. and you didn't get it up front. So it wasn't, you were not borrowing money. You were paying something off slowly. And this whole idea of credit right. is really about debt. And that's the point I think you make really well with this research is that um, there's a, a whole generation of people who I think have come through not understanding debt as a commitment because it's been so easy to get credit. And and the problems that that ensues if you if you affect your your debtors ledger if you affect your credit ratings later on when you want to buy something substantial like a car or a house can be really devastating. Don't you think so, Aisha? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, one thing that uh, you know goes beyond the buy now pay later conversation is the over indebtedness conversation. So we um, found that one in three of our young adults were meeting three of our five over-indebtedness indicators. So this is suggesting that actually there is a really large group um, of our young Kiwis who are having problems. They may be over-indebted already or they're well on their way to being so. Um, and this is where we have consumer protections. This is the role of regulation. Um, is to protect consumers, um, you know, from the stuff that happens. And I think that for Buy Now, Pay Later specifically, we're doing a very poor job of this uh, to date. Yeah. And I'm not sure that, you know, the amendments coming through in September next year are going to make all that much of a difference or well, come fast enough. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Thank you, Aisha. Kia ora. Kia ora. Good to have you. Uh, here, that's yeah. uh, Senior Lecturer at AUT uh, in Finance uh, talking about a buy now, pay later. Goodness gracious me, Connor. Can you recall the days when you just save and save and save? And then one day <laughs> yeah. there'd be a day when you all had the money all together. Yeah, well, I, I went to buy an engagement ring one time and it was a lay-by um, situation and I thought I could just put down a little bit and then take the ring out of the, out of the jeweller shop. And they said, no, no, you had to wait till you paid it off. So I had to have another strategy for that. So this buy now, pay later, you get the ring at the start. You get to take it out at the start, do you? You don't have to yes, pay the 100% off. Yes, that's the one. That's it. 
tricky, oh, okay. seductive. It's well, seductive. That, I want it. I can have it now. Would, yeah. But the trouble is, what if you lose your job next week? What if COVID hits? You know, what if the business closes mm, down? Mm. It's and, and if you don't know or understand the implications and you fall behind and you get a bad credit record, that'll follow you for many are, years. Are, are, mm. you, are, you, are you saying that there's a case to be made for delayed gratification going, you know what, I'm going to get that um, we're being uh, coerced. Year. We're being coerced as a society into believing that mass consumption is good for our spirit. Yeah. I want it. I want it now. Mm. Gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, and it's a really, unf- I think, a really unhealthy mm. attitude. The, as you said, Connor, you know, in the yeah. old days, you, you had to put a bit down and you had to earn. You put a bit yeah. down. That's put the one. Put a bit one. down. Put it yeah, on Yeah, that's it. And when you'd paid it off, there was the enormous satisfaction. <laughs> and wasn't it? I can recall, though. <laughs> oh, that Yamaha stereo system, a three-in-one. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> People should enjoy the simple things of life. That's the way, Connor. Um, Speaking of which, I'm still waiting for another poem from you. That'll be next time. Think of one. Uh, (laughs) No, seriously. Anyway, to this, uh, we have Connor English and Dr. Ella Henry with us. Deemed a project of national significance by the Beehive. Um, At nearly 500 hectares, it dwarfs anything of its kind in Australasia. Where is it? Hamilton. What is it? The Ruroko Super Hub, a giant inland port. A massive 40,000 square metre distribution centre came out open yesterday to come others like the 16,000 square metre cold store for shipping giant Maersk. Developed by Tainui Group Holdings, opened yesterday. With us is Tainui Group Holdings Chief Executive Chris Joblin. Kia ora, Chris. Kia ora. Um, what a piece of infrastructure that you've just shown the Prime Minister around today. You must be happy to have this project across the line. Yeah, it's um, amazing to make you know, a whole lot of progress in a, in a really short period of time. Um, so, Ruakura, as you said, it's uh, nearly a 500 hectare uh, piece of, of land and if you think about it for in, in terms of context, at its longest, it's about five and a half kilometres long, and at its widest, about three and a half kilometres wide. So it's a really big piece of, of land, and and right through the middle of it runs the East Coast Main Trunk Line for rail and the Waikato Expressway, so State Highway 1. So, yeah, awesome location to do logistics from. Yeah, logistically pretty intense, isn't it? And I uh, understand you're going to take, uh, the notion would be you'd be taking 65,000 trucks uh, off the road because you've got that, uh, Ella, you've got the rail coming in, this giant inland port. Your take on this, quite something. Uh, I just think this is so wonderful um, at a time when, Many Māori receive a lot of criticisms for the burden we place, for some reason, on society to see an iwi taking the initiative, being strategic, making a significant contribution to the New Zealand economy. I'm just saying a huge mihi to Waikato Tainui. Thank you so much for being strategic and making such a huge difference. Yeah, kia ora. And, uh, yeah, but... but the benefit of Ruakara, you know, for, for our people is massive, but the economic impact of the Ruakara Super Hub for New Zealand as a whole is huge. You know, just moving 
um, all that freight off-road onto rail, the you know, 65,000 trucks you know, off-road a year. Yeah, the productivity gain for New Zealand out of Rurikura uh, is, is about a billion dollars by connecting the import and the export supply chains closer together. So if you think imports generally come into Auckland and, and exports out of Tauranga, by having the importers and the exporters together, oh, right. just creates massive efficiency. Yeah, uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, uh, if you go to Hamilton and drive around it, it is actually quite something to behold. Um, Connor English. Yeah, look, it sounds like a a fantastic project. I'm just wondering the extent, Chris, that um, the the location uh, was enhanced by having, like, the Waikato Expressway there. Yeah. Does does that uh, make a big difference to it? I know know you've got the railway tracks right through the middle, which is fantastic. Yeah, the, the Waikato Expressway is definitely a key enabler because you need that um, two-way modal um, shift for, for transport. So you need mm. both road and rail in the same location, but then you also need scale as well. So you need the size of, of land holding to be able to uh, exploit those key pieces of infrastructure. Mm. I can imagine. Well yeah, I can imagine, uh, Chris, uh, that this would be a very proud moment for Tainui and the Iwi's eighty-five thousand members. This uh, massive inland port. Um, just echoing on the back of uh, Alafali, what does it mean for Tainui to have this um, Ruakura super hub up and running? I mean, it's, it's hugely important, you know, in, in terms of the economic growth and, and development for our iwi and, and the region. Uh, but for me, even more important than that is the sense of pride um, and and the ability to activate our whenua, you know, which gives us the ability to, you know, set our own direction and, and, and to grow, you know, into the future. And, and that's really important, you know, you know, the flow-on benefits for this to, to our people, you know, not just in the economic activity that the port and, and the logistics hubs generate, but things like employment, you know, things like getting, you know, all, all the contractors, et cetera, that work on the site to deliver these, you know, buildings and projects, the flow-on impacts are huge. You know, they, they are massive. And, you know, you you can't really, very hard to describe without going out there and seeing it, but yep. um, it's huge. Very good. Final comment, Alan. I, I, doing research in recent years about Māori investment and development, and I've come across a term which I'm using more around spiritual capital. So we engage in economic activity to raise financial capital, but when Māori engage in business, there's also spiritual capital. So we've seen a classic example here of uplifting the wairua of the people of Tainui through this initiative. So I, I think that that's a really important hey, thing as well. Good on you, Chris. Um, uh, all the best, and um, yeah, well done for the future on this. Thank you. That's uh, Chris Jobin there, Tainui Group Holdings Chief Executive. If you haven't seen it, uh, if you're in Hamilton, go and check it out. It's uh, This inland port is uh, quite something. Uh, Ella Henry and uh, Connor English on the programme this afternoon. Uh, planning on hitting the gym later? Better get your stretches beforehand, right? Well, wrong. And if you've got a bad back, you should probably sit the session out, right? Wrong again. When you start to look into it, a number of exercise rules that we live by 
Well, they turn out to be false. So what should we be doing? Help us to sorting fiction from fact is Richard Beatty, Chief Executive of Exercise NZ. Kia ora, Richard. Well, this is the one that got the office talking because they actually couldn't believe it. Uh, they couldn't believe some of these uh, so-named uh, falsehoods. So let's uh, jump in with one. Here's sure. one. You shouldn't work out with a bad back. Apparently that's false. Yeah, so look, the, the, the challenge with all these questions is it is a bit of it depends. So they try to make them black and white. So the traditional, the traditional uh, advice was don't exercise, they've got a bad back. And now the, the general advice is if you can do it, move it, because the more you can move it, the more it'll be better. Oh. But however, there's a little bit of it, it depends. So even in the article they talk about, well, if you've got a slip disc, then that's going to be very different to a little bit of soreness. And it does also depend on what you're doing. So if you're doing heavy weight-bearing exercise, it's quite different from, say, something like yoga. So everyone wants the black and white answer, and it's often not that simple, but certainly the idea that when you've got a sore back, you should stay in bed is bad advice. When you've got a sore back, wherever possible, move more is probably a better way of framing it than you should go to the gym. It's going to depend a lot on your back and exactly what kind of exercise you're going to be doing. Well, I didn't know that, Connor. I thought if you had a bad back, you'd stay in bed all day. Wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, it is about moving. It is about moving, isn't it? You need to be moving as much as you can, whether you've got a bad back or not. Don't Richard? You? Absolutely. I think that, that's nailed it. I mean, the key thing is movement. And oh. in fact, if you look at what one of the things they miss here is what's the most important message? The most important message is do something because the problem is everyone's looking for the, yeah. the magic answer. You have to do HIIT training. You have to do yoga. Actually, both of those are false. You can do anything find the thing you enjoy is going to be way more successful than the thing that I tell you because I told you it was the best product right. to buy. Mm. Ella. Well, I, when I had my total knee replacement uh, four years ago, uh, I discovered the joys of chair Pilates and pool Pilates, which you can do sitting down. And I love pool Pilates because um, nobody can see what I'm actually doing, but it's good and being weightless. So I, I absolutely advocate that as I as as particularly as we age, that we you know, that we just get up and do stuff with our bodies because it's so much easier to be elderly and to just sit in a couch and watch the world go by and be lonely unless you go to the supermarket. Richard. Yeah, look, you're 100% right. In fact, a lot of what we associate with ageing is not actually ageing, it's inactivity. And we think Ooh. because we're, we're, we're old, oh, that's why we can't do that. Actually, it's nothing to do with it. It's everything to do with you didn't do it anymore. And, and as Alice says, if, you, if you're sitting down a lot, literally getting no, up and running it, up the stairs will be hard. Right. I, I, can't, I can't do it because I'm older. Yeah, well, that, I feel that now. Well, you, well, it's probably how you feel, but it's actually just not true. By no, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, Richard, I can't just, do it because I'm older. Well, I'm just going to have to challenge you and say if I got you active or more active, and I know you are already active, but if you did more activity, you would actually find that the thing you associate with age is actually as a result of an activity in the vast majority of cases. Kia ora. Well, that's interesting, Connor. <laughs> Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, is is that why people have uh, you know their age and then they have their body age can be younger than their age? It's because they keep very active. That's actually very true, Connor. And that, the, the term they use, as you say, is biological age now, and uh, and you've got chronological right, age. Yeah. And so, um, so, sorry, Wallace. That's I think that's three on one uh, in terms of it's not your age. It's, uh, it's <laughs> okay. I'm hearing what you're saying. I'll take the yeah. stairs after after uh, the show. I won't take the lift. How about that? Um, 
Now, here's one before we go. It is interesting, though, the, the, the running is bad for your knees. False, Richard. So I, I think if you're trying to go true or false, I think the answer is false. Like with everything, if you're, if you're running on asphalt and you're doing it, you know, 20 kilometres a day, there are probably better things to do, but it doesn't mean don't run. It could be, you know, run a little bit on grass or run on softer surfaces or mix it up and do other things. But again, if you run and enjoy it, I'm not going to be the guy that says don't run, do something different. Mm. And so that's the key thing. And, and the, if the worst thing is you have a bit of soreness in your knees, that is a whole lot better than heart disease, cancer, um, and all the other conditions that come with an activity. Yeah. So you've always got to put it into perspective. And so while I'm never saying injuries don't matter, soft tissue injuries mm. by comparison to basically what we're talking about, lifestyle diseases and things that will basically kill us earlier, to be so blunt, um, is something it's, it's literally the magic pill. Um, and it has some side effects. And most of those side effects are really good. Uh, just some of them occasionally, yep, I'll get a sore knee, I'll get a sore shoulder. I'll take that any day over um, dying 20 years early of, yeah. of a cancer Richard, I could have prevented. you always make a heap of sense, <laughs> so it's always good to have you on the panel. Kia ora. Thanks for your time. Um, You're welcome. That is Richard Biddy, Exercise NZ. So, yes, okay, I will take the stairs. In fact, it's going down, so that's not... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the stairs going up for Power Battle Friday. How about that? Come and join me for pool <laughs> Pilates. Oh, perhaps, Ella, perhaps. Hey, good to have you both on, Dr. Henry Connor in English. Thank you very much. I'm back tomorrow, of course, 3.45, Friday. Lisa Owen in Checkpoint is next.